You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please give us that five star review on Apple Podcasts. We truly appreciate it. Plus, if you can like, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do to support us here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, NBA Draft Junkies. Plus, also as well, if you can also support the great stuff that Raphael does with NBA Draft Junkies and the Run the Floor podcast, and also as well, Lakerholics.com, it is truly appreciated. Well, a great win for the Lakers. They they took care of the Houston Rockets four games to one with a, well, let's put it this way, a blowout of the Rockets, 119 to 96. The Lakers started off fast, got up to a 21-point lead, came down as far as a punch right back from Houston early in the second quarter to right down to seven. But after that, it was all Lakers. They focused very well on the defensive side of the ball and got a lot of great shooting, over 50%, 51% for the ball game from the three-point area, 52% all from the, uh, in all from the field. This truly a, a great performance all around. LeBron did have 29. Anthony Davis only chipped in with 13. Six players in double figures today. And here today to talk about everything going on, including Rajon Rondo's brother, our three great guests indeed. We're going to start off with my good friend. You find him everywhere when it comes to the NBA draft, and especially at his great site, NBA Draft Junkies. You got to go ahead and not only check his site, NBADraftJunkies.com, but look at him right here, all the rows and rows and rows, if you're watching on Facebook Live, of videos right there for you at NBA Draft Junkies. And plus his Run the Floor podcast as well, which you can get everywhere you get your podcasts. It is Raphael Barlow. And Raphael, man, that was, I don't know. Would you say that that the, just was, they figured out everything? I mean, you had said before a couple games ago that, the Lakers had figured out what the Rockets are going to do, and they had already figured them out. But really, this game proved it that they just figured out the Rockets in hole. Yeah, I mean, like I said yesterday and the day before, the series ended with LeBron's blocks in the third quarter two games ago. Once it took away the Rockets' willingness to really attack the rim, it made it hard for them to get their shooters open. And that was... It was it at that point for me. And I think I mentioned yesterday, either it's, it's, either two things are going to happen. The Lakers are going to lay down, and Houston is going to catch them slipping, or it's going to be a 20 or 30-point blowout. And it actually kind of happened. Everything happened in, in the game, in a sense. But, yeah, I mean, Houston just didn't – they didn't have the same energy that they came out with earlier in the series. And I, I just think, like – other than, you know, a few, maybe like two quarters, you know, maybe was it the second quarter, this game, and the fourth quarter last game. But other than that, ever since Brian had those two blocks, I mean, it was just total domination by the Lakers. It was total domination by the Lakers, and it was great to see, if you're a Lakers fan, to just see the collective effort today from the Lakers as a whole. And I'll tell you what, it was just awesome to see also with us today is one of the, 
Well, he's one of the blog editors from Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. It is Jamie Sweet. Jamie, a great win by the Lakers, and also as well just a way that they could go ahead and put a stamp on this round. Looks like their stamp on small ball, and they weren't caught looking ahead to the next round. No, they certainly weren't. Uh, they didn't pull uh, Clippers. Uh, they didn't. They didn't fall asleep at the wheel or uh, let the game drift away from them when the <clears throat> when it was uh, when when it was all on the line. Um, um, the thing is that was interesting about tonight's game that I thought. Hey, the thing that I thought was interesting about tonight's game was that the Clipper, uh, the Rockets, kind of played their own game and. They weren't able to ever get anything going, and that was the kind of the. Sorry about that. That's my my bath time here at Casa Dolce. Uh, the, the Rockets actually kind of played their game more than they did the last two. You know, they they out they outshot us. They had more possessions, which is how they had to win. Um, they didn't make enough shots with those possessions, which is why they lost. Uh, and you know. There's the thing that was kind of eye-popping to me was other than Westbrook and I think Jeff Green, not a single Houston player scored even in double digits. Uh, and that's just locking, that's just a lockdown. Uh, it's it's just a, you know, when you have that kind of chokehold on another team's offense, they ought not to win. Uh, and, you know, what we saw was, uh, you know, everybody hyped this series at the beginning as a clash of two styles. Uh, and you know, I've always said that Mike D'Antoni is either a pretty good regular season coach, could be a great college coach. I really think his style of basketball would fit better with the college game. Um, I have never thought he was a coach that coached for the playoffs or had a style that would be successful in the playoffs. Um, people would be like, oh, well, Miami like kind of you know embraced small ball when they won. And, you know, LeBron is, you know, one of the best small ball players. But he doesn't he is so disparaging of the big man. And I don't mean like just a seven footer. I mean, like players who do big man things. Um, it, it, it's, it's always been mind boggling to me. Like how you could just kind of like cut off a part of the game and be like, and now we're going to be better. Like I, I don't, it's never, it's just never jived with my basketball worldview and it still doesn't today <laughs> for obvious reasons. And, you know, hats off to the Rockets. They had a great regular season. James Harden is probably the best one-on-one -on -one scorer, certainly of this modern generation, probably one of the top five all time. Um, he did show up today, 30 points. He, the only real Rocket to show up today with any consistency. Or energy. Like, he, he you know, and it's it's got to be exhausting. You know, you can't be the best scorer and guard the other player's center uh, if you're not Shaquille O'Neal or Tim Duncan or, like, another equally skilled big guy. Like, it just you're just going to get beat down. And he looked beat down. He looked – that whole team looked beat down. Uh, they have for about two games. They Like any drowning man, you know, caught a couple of breaths of air before they went under, but – you know, they, they, uh, you know, uh, Raphael said it best when he talked about those two kind of, you know, series defining blocks that, that defensive willpower that LeBron imposed on the series. And that was the identity of the series. Like that, it, the narrative never changed after that. You never talked about Houston's incredible offense or the, the, the undefendable James Harden step back three. Like those aren't the, the, that just not talked about. Like it didn't happen. You never saw it. Whether it was a so soft that, trap or a hard trap, they were just trying to go ahead and throw anything that they could at Harden to try and get him off his game. And they did. They, that was that. You know, credit Frank Vogel. Credit the players for buying into what Vogel was telling them and executing it on the court. You know, it's one thing to say it in the locker room. To say you're going to do it in the locker room. You know, the the Rockets in the first game were talking about how they talk about defense now. And then you know, PJ Tucker and James Harden were like, you know, we've got a whole game plan, and. Uh, uh, it lasted one whole game, which was our rust game. Uh, and we never, they never even got enough going to win a second game. Like I thought they would. Same thing happened against Portland. Uh, I've, I've called six. I'm happy to be wrong when that's less games uh, and not more. Uh, but anyways, you know, very excited. Lakers back in the Western conference finals. First time uh, in 10 years. 
so long, so long. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm stoked. I was going to wear my Christmas liquor hat, but it's a little warm here. And so never mind. It's too hot. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Indeed. Also with us today is a good man indeed. He is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. You got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Not only do you see great videos from my good friend, Rafael Barlow, not only do you see podcasts from a good friend, myself, you also see great articles from Jamie Sweet, who does the five things. You also see great articles from the magic man, Sean Grice, and also numerous and numerous articles from my good friend, indeed, it is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. It was just a tremendous performance. I'd have to put it in the top five best performances of the Lakers this season. Yeah, I think it was a it was a statement game, basically, especially after the Clippers uh, had stumbled and allowed the Nuggets to come back. Um, I have a whole different look at the game and a different approach than Jamie does. And I, I figured you would. The two of the two of us go back. And, Actually, the two of us have been going back and forth with this for a couple of decades. What are you talking about? Um, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I, baby, I, I. They know I'm old, and now that they, now that I said that, they know that you're old too. Um, <laughs> I tell you, I didn't think this was a battle of two styles. I thought this was a battle of who played the small ball best. And uh, and frankly, I've always been a fan of Mike D'Antoni and 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 this great a coaching job as Frank Vogel did in this playoffs, if you gave Mike D'Antoni the Lakers roster and Frank Vogel the uh, Rockets roster, I think the results would have been the same. What the Lakers did in this series um, was really something special, especially from a coach who had not made a single lineup change for his starting lineup all season long that wasn't the result of an injury. And for him to turn around in the middle of the playoffs, in the middle of the second round, and bench JaVale McGee and put in Marcus Mar- Markeith Morris, uh, and not only put him in, but actually on offense and defense, totally changed their whole approach. Um, the move sped up the defense so that it had it had the speed and quickness to really challenge people and get and get the Rockets off of the three-point line. He ran them off of the three-point line. Like uh, Raphael said, uh, the blocks by LeBron, the blocks from the whole team. I mean, you saw blocks on three-point shots here as guys challenging them. Um, and the speed with which they made the rotations and the way that they played the passing lanes. This is a defense that we're going to see the rest of the way for the Lakers, and it's the defense that they need to be champions. Um, and then on top of it, he pulled a D'Antoni on D'Antoni and played five out the last two games. And that's why we dominated everything from an offensive end. That's why you saw all of these cutters getting passes inside and and LeBron getting to the basket whenever he wanted to. Um, and AD not having, you know, he didn't have a great game this game, but he was passing the ball like LeBron at the early part of it. He had four assists, four assists in the first quarter. So the big question going forward I don't, you know, there was a great discussion by uh, by Van Gundy and, and the announcers basically of whether Morris was going to stay in the lineup. And I've been I've been touting this all day on Lakerholics.com that <laughs> Jamie, Jamie's been touting it all day. But I think that there there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that the lineup that is going to play the rest of the, the lineup that's going to go out against the Clippers is this same lineup that ran that started the last two games. Um, they have they have everything that you really need. They're going to play Zubak off of the floor. Um, they're going to spread the thing out so that LeBron and AD really uh, are not stopped by the clogging of the lane that the and the drop coverage that the Clippers normally use as their primary defense. Um, and I have to give a lot of credit to Frank Vogel. He out, you know, he basically took everything that Mike D'Antoni had put together offensively and defensively, you know, of a, of a rugged, of a rugged, quick, quick switching defense that was really going to, you know, hassle everybody. And he turned that around on the Rockets and shut them down. And then he spread the Lakers out five out and basically made them just destroyed what had been before, I think, through game one was the number one defense in the bubble. 
for the playoffs. And he totally decimated that defense. Um, so it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup with the Clippers. I'm hoping the Nuggets can take them to another game and maybe even a game seven. I'd much prefer to play the Nuggets from a win-loss standpoint. But as I said many times, I think great teams and great performances come from great competition. So I want to see the Clippers be the next team that we beat. And uh, I'm looking for the Celtics in the playoffs. I want to see the bubble finals end with the Lakers beating the Celtics. Well, I think Miami is going to have something to say about that uh, on a personal note. I just think that uh, Celtics in six. Um, I, I say Miami in seven, but I'll just go with that. I want to say right now, I want to give a big shout out to all the Facebook groups, uh, the sports and sports podcasters groups, all the great basketball groups, and of course, all the great Lakers groups. Oh, tens of thousands of fans that are actually hopefully will be catching our show here or have caught our show. I want to thank you so much for being part of today's broadcast. I want to give a shout out also as well to Raphael, Jamie, and Laker Tom for sticking with us throughout the playoffs here. Got something mentioned on the private. Oh, Jimmy B. Jimmy B. Indeed from Jamie right there. Big Jimmy Butler fan right there for you. But I have a feeling. No, he knows. Uh, I have a feeling. I know which way he's going to go when it comes to the the Miami series. But Raphael, getting back to what's going on here with the Rockets and the Lakers, D'Antoni's a free agent. His mm-hmm. future is now undecided. Small ball proved for the Rockets that it wasn't exactly where they wanted to go and wouldn't exactly get the result that they wanted to. I want to hear your thoughts on if they should continue to process. It looks still, according to already the the inclinations we're seeing from Woj and and things of that nature, that they might still commit to this small ball long term. Will they do it with D'Antoni or will they go with someone else? I don't know. It's tough. It it sounds like the ball is in D'Antoni's court. I mean, at least in the – at least – I felt at least the information that I thought we had was that they didn't offer him an extension and that he was a lame duck coach because they didn't offer him anything. But the latest reports that I heard, I guess I forgot which game it was, is that they want him back. It's just um, it's up to him if he, he wants to come back. So he may be looking for a fresh, a fresh start. I mean, I had tweeted this Rockets team reminds me somewhat of the Mavs teams in the early to mid two thousands where, you know, they had their franchise guy and they kept changing pieces around them and they just couldn't get over the hump. In Dirk's case, the Mavericks weren't better than the Spurs or the Lakers at that time. And in Harden's case, he, he wasn't able to get past the Warriors, which nobody was. But uh, Dirk, Dirk did win one. Well, yeah, that's why I said, you know, until he got to that point, yeah. because, you know, remember how, I mean, just think if Twitter was around or social media was around like it is today when the Mavs had the number one seed and lost. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, people were calling for the Mavs to break up that team. And, you know, remember they put rosters together that had like Antoine Walker, Anton Jameson on the team at the same time. And they just couldn't get past that hump. And so, this Houston situation kind of reminds me of of that because, um, I mean, if you think about the year the Mavs won, they struggled in the first round against Portland. And then after that, I mean, you guys are Laker fans, so you remember what happened after, yes. after that. But it took like a, a miraculous, crazy run for Dirk to kind of get his respect. And I think Harden may be in the same situation because this Lakers team is probably going to be around for years. Golden State is going to be back in the mix next year. And, you know, Harden is probably going to be, and Houston is probably going to be the fourth best team going forward. And, you know, you factor in the Clippers, give or take, and it's going to be tough for them to get over the hump. Maybe a coaching change. I don't know. I think Harden has to change some of his habits. He may that, have that to. That team uh, has to get younger because that team is getting older. Yeah, they're pretty old. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think their age, a lot of it is Tyson Chandler. He brings up the, the average age also. But from a roster construction, I don't know much. I don't know how much they can do. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey Lakers fans, 
Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. I mean, PJ Tucker is what, 35? At yep. this, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Harden is over 30. I mean, Harden's game is an old man's game anyway. So it's really, he's not based on athleticism. So I think he's got many more years in the league to come. Uh, we've got a comment here from Content Creators 805. Welcome back. I know we were, we were out. <laughs> we were looking for you, man. We were looking for you. It was like NBA 2K cheat code tonight. Yes, uh, it was a great night indeed for Lakers fans. I still want to get you on the show, man. So when let me know when you can come by, CC805. But it was a great time indeed for Lakers fans. Uh, the future is still uncertain. I know, Jamie, you had kind of snickered before we head on <laughs> to Rondo Westbrook and that whole situation. Uh, but mm. I know you kind of snickered when, you, you know, when Laker Tom mentioned that he had thought that if you swapped coaches, you would still get the same result. I'm sort of in that camp because of the players involved, because I think the Lakers two, top two were simply that much better in the right spots. They're larger, they're faster, more athletic than what Harden and Westbrook could, could provide. And obviously you saw that time and time again, Westbrook couldn't get it done today. And I'm thinking that if you had both coaches swap out, I think you still would have gotten the same result. You shook your head no. Why was that the case? Well, because I think that, that I mean, for all his talk, and Mike, Danny, Mike D'Antoni is a big talker about defense, but he just doesn't have teams that commit to it, nor does he come up with schemes that take the other team out of what they want to do ever. Like, at best, they seem to, like, adapt or adopt some higher level defensive principles like, Oh, we'll switch to a zone here, or, you know, we'll do a switch everything scheme here. And, and that's, that's, those are all kind of great things for the regular season. That's going to get you a lot of regular season victories. It's going to look good. It's going to be flashy, but in the playoffs, you need to have a defense that can take the other team out of what they want to do. Like our defense did. And that's, that's the, that the, the players didn't just like, communicate on the court the whole time and like decide, you know, they did a little bit. I'm not saying the players had nothing to do with it. It's a, it's a, it's a collaborative effort. You know, the, the, the coaches can only say to do the things they want you to do. And then it's on the players to go out and do it and, uh, you know, improvise, right. You know, just because you have these schemes doesn't mean the other team's just going to trot into your scheme and do what you want. So it's on the, it's on the players to uh, impose their will on the other team. I just think Frank Vogel is a better defensive coach than Mike D'Antoni. And when it comes to the playoffs, I, I, no doubt about it. No doubt about that. And, and, and a defense wins championships. Is a better offensive coach, but that doesn't matter in the playoffs or it matters less. Uh, you know, it's, no. it's, it, 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 it's, it's, I mean, obviously, yes, you have to outscore the opponent, but you're not going to, it's not always going to be a shootout at the okay corral. Sometimes it's going to be a mud fight. Uh, you know, like Woodstock in the nineties, you know, it's, it's gonna, there's a bunch of different ways that, that, that has to go down. And I just think that Vogel coaches from a, 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 a place of, you know, and this, this, this is a bit of, uh, I don't want to be unfair to Mike D'Antoni because, you know, a lot of coaches, you know, let's take Steve Nash. Steve Nash did not have to work his way through anything at all to become the head coach of the Knicks. They, you know, and whether that's fair or not, that it doesn't matter. You know, he's he's a brilliant basketball player. He's a fantastic communicator. He's gonna be uh, a, an improvement, I think, over uh, Derek Fisher and Jeff Hornacek and uh, uh, Frazier. Got, got the wrong team. <laughs> I know he's, he might have the wrong. Yeah, I'm actually kind of he's the Nets. Oh snap! You're right. My bad. My bad. Um, the wrong New York. Wrong New York. Well, you're talking about uh, Jacques Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, Jacques Vaughn, my bad. Although That's he's uh, going to be the most, most highly paid assistant still to stay with the team. But when, when you look at it, I think Mike D'Antoni is going to be a wanted individual wherever he's going to go ahead and, and lay his hat uh, next time. 
uh, whether or not he stays with Houston, that's going to be the case. Tom, I know you wanted to interject with something. Yeah, I just want to add one little thing just to make it clear. Uh, first off, I think that that Mike, Don- Mike D'Antoni is a better offensive coach than Frank Vogel is. I happen yeah. to think that Frank Vogel is a much better defensive coach. And if you look at the overall package of communicating with your players um, and making the types of adjustments on his not in his area of specialty that uh, Bogle did, I think he's a better coach. And I'd much rather have Bogle as our coach. I think he's done a fabulous job. The fact that he was able to make adjustments that not only helped the offense, but also transformed the defense, not only helped the defense, but also transformed the offense, which is not his area of specialty, I think was really impressive, especially under the pressure that he was and having not made any other changes in the future. But this is something uh, that Raphael alluded to, and I'll get to you in a sec, Content Creators 805. Uh, this is something that Raphael alluded to earlier. The Rockets are who they are. They only mm-hmm. have a certain amount of chess pieces. The Lakers have more chess pieces. They had more to bring to the game sure. than what and, the, and Rockets the Rockets did. The Rockets basically, if they want to, what the Rockets really have to do is they don't have to necessarily change their style, but they need to get more size of the players. More, that You can't go out there with a Lilliputian squad and expect to beat a team like the Lakers. Well, um, I think the Lakers had the size two Size still players. matters. Size still matters. Length still matters. Rafael? Height still matters. I mean, I think what it boils down to, like in any series, is the Lakers had the two best players. Yeah. yeah. You switch the coaches out. You, you swap Vogel and D'Antoni, and the Lakers probably still still win yeah i mean that the what if, what if you give them Kawhi and paul george they both can I mean, play I'm not, ball. yeah I'm, so i'm yeah you, you need think, you need you need the right players to do it that are both defensive players and offensive players that's the real strength harden and westbrook aren't defenders no. they're well, offensive I think, only I think harden is a, westbrook a much is. better well, defender he's got a better him. he's better than his rep let's put it that way but they're not on the level of the defensive players that LeBron James and Anthony Davis are. Well, they came into the series, though, playing better defensively than any other team in the bubble, statistically. In the bubble. In the bubble, which is a small sample size. Right. Yeah. Well, it's a small sample size. It's not, I mean, uh, you know, the, the seeding games where everybody was working their way back. But that had also included the Oklahoma City, a uh, very tough playoff series yeah. for them. So uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that I don't want Frank Vogel on the team. I don't think Laker Tom is trying to say that. I just think yeah. that if this series that you had swatched the coaches, like Laker Tom had said. Players play, coaches coach. Yeah, I mean, in, in the end, you have LeBron and AD, the two best players on the best team. And, and if you that's, can make a case and say Rondo may have been the fourth best player. If you combine them, if you put them all together, you can say LeBron was the best, AD was second, Harden was third. And if I had to pick who I thought was the most impactful player after that, it would be Rondo. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Let's hope he can continue that impact. And if you go to five or six or seven, you might be looking at, you know, Kuzma's defense is completely underrated as far as I'm concerned. And and AC's defense is completely completely underrated. They both had big impacts on this game. Yeah, they were very Uh, much so. Morris, Morris, Morris has been playing lights out. Yeah, it's been play- it's been very good to see the kind of collective effort. So before we go ahead and uh, focus in on tomorrow's game, Jamie Sweet, I want to ask you this real quick. Uh, when it comes to the Lakers' lights-out shooting, and content creators, you're right. Uh, Frank Vogel does need to start getting credit because he's done an amazing job. He finally did make the changes that Laker Tom was so happy about. He was almost giddy like a you know like a teenager when he when he finally started making the, the changes. So and six years of asking for that change. Exactly. I know to play that way. I know. But uh, <laughs> you know, and even Taylor Horton Tiger, you're right, CT eight oh five, that he got some it, he got he some was great. Uh so maybe he's not the the type of uh player that I was gonna think he was gonna be, which is just like uh, you know, end of the bench fodder. So I'm hoping for some good things with him. He's nineteen, so he's still got plenty of time to bloom, still needs to get some things together in his game, but Getting back, Jamie Sweet, to what I want to talk about is 51% shooting from the three-point area. I know you can't expect that, especially for a team that did so horridly during the bubble season. But 
What can the Lakers do to go ahead and continue to create great opportunities and open looks so that at least the percentage stays at a respectable level? I mean, I think those shots are created because of the incredible ability that we have to score in the paint. And our transition, our, our transition offense is, 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 you know, maybe the best, definitely probably the best in the, in the, of who's left in the playoffs right now. The Clippers are probably right, right there with us. I feel like, um, just cause I think they have better three point shooters. I think we have a very kind of league average three point shooting team. Uh, we have a lot of streaky guys. I don't know that we can, I mean, 51%, I don't think you can expect that. I would like to hope for, you know, high 30s, 38, 39. I think if we can shoot around 38, 39% in any series, we're going to give ourselves a chance to win every single basketball game I agree. Uh, that, that we play. When we shoot under 35%, you, you really got to start pulling away on that points in the paint or have your defense create a lot of fast break opportunities. doesn't seem like we're going to win too many free throw battles based on the amount of times we get to the line uh, on average, even though LeBron gets whacked on a lot and you know it's just that's just that's just how it is you know same thing happened with Shaq and you just got to play through it there's something they're not going to get you know refs aren't going to give you everything NBA isn't going to give it you got to you got to fight for it what else man I know why I, I, I was thinking the Knicks so much because I was thinking before while Raphael was talking that, that the Knicks are kind of in a different position where they have all power forwards and the Rockets all have small forwards and you know guards here and there but like there's no adjustment. There's, you know, they, they need to bring in, you know, LT said they need to bring in some size. I, they just, I thought they got so much worse when they lost Clint Capella. And I know he started rough and I know he had that ankle injury. I just think that Westbrook needs a guy like Steven Adams who can finish at the rim, who he can like dump the ball off to when he gets in trouble. He's not such a brilliant passer that he can pass all the way out to the three point line every time. Uh, and those are tough passes for anybody to make. You know, that's that's a long distance to cover when you're in trouble and you've jumped into the air and you got to get rid of the ball in a split second. Um, so that, that I just to I, I was well, like, well, let me put it to this way. If, but if Harden loved the pick and roll with Capella so much, he would yeah. have told Moray, "I want to keep it." Okay, uh, not Harden Westbrook. Pick and rolls. They stopped running. They stopped pick running pick and rolls. Right. Yeah. yeah. So because if you remember the series that they played well against the Warriors. One of the things that they couldn't, that they struggled was when Capella was on the floor because they couldn't run pick and rolls because Draymond was killing the pick and rolls. He was good enough to be there to stop the pick and roll and then take away the lob. And then the next year, that's when they start switching to ISO ball. Right. But you know not, every, not every team has a Draymond Green on defense. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Draymond Green is. Well, Draymond, Draymond Green, when he wants to play, obviously he didn't want to play this year. So, but Laker, Tom, go ahead. You wanted to say something? Yeah, you know the the guy I think that that they really need is if and and, and he may be available as Ben Simmons, even though he doesn't shoot a three. He is the replacement for Westbrook, who can play great defense, has size and can get to the hoop as well as anybody in the league. So you're gifting the Philadelphia 76ers Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons. Well, no, I'm saying that if there's a trade to be made and Maury is a genius at putting together a trade, the type of players that he needs to improve the defense and the versatility of the Rockets is a guy like Ben Simmons, even though he won't shoot a three. But I think he may make him worse because in the playoffs, teams know Ben, if he doesn't have the ball, he's going to stand at the dunker spot and he doesn't want the ball. Yeah, and you just run that flat two in the court, two in each corner and put him at the top of the key and who's going to stop him? Well, but he doesn't want the ball late in games because he doesn't want to be fouled because he's such that a bad a throw shooter. That is a problem. But he's, you know, it, I don't think he's going to go through his entire career without shooting threes. I mean, I, he, I do. I mean, yeah, anyway, I think he'll be a Jason Kidd or a Magic Johnson, you know, or somebody like that. that who will develop a set shot or some something. Oh, Otherwise, no, it's such a waste of talent. Raphael? I think he's set and adamant on trying to prove people that he doesn't need to. Because think about it. He missed his whole rookie year, and he didn't add a shot there. His second year, third year, this is like his fourth year, and he hasn't added. Not, I mean, I don't even think he needs to shoot threes. Just – attempt a mid-range or short corner shot. And so 
if you notice, like when they play good teams, but he's a they, perfect fit for the Rockets then, because you know they don't want they don't want anything but layups. They do want free throws. That's a problem. Yeah, but no, he, but he's the, you know he's a guy that he's a guy that is such a talented defender and playmaker that there's a place for him on a lot of teams. Yeah, I think he needs to be a center. And and here's the thing that I think with Ben Simmons is I just think he's stubborn and he refuses to work on it because he's trying to prove a point. He has the same agent as LeBron. He could spend a summer working out with LeBron or any of those guys. And But I just think he's adamant of trying to prove, like, I can win my way. And I'd I'm take him on the Lakers out. if he wants to prove that. I'm, I'm sure you would. I'm sure most people would take him, but – I just think like him and Embiid, I mean, this whole other subject, they both were stubborn. Ben refuses to shoot and Embiid didn't want to get in tip-top shape. And all the comparisons of the, the next Magic and Kareem, all that stuff, it, it failed. But yeah, I just think Ben Simmons is a, a stubborn guy who just does not want to do what it takes to make his teammates better on, on the offensive end of the floor. Content creators on five just chipped in. If we beat the Clippers, I want the Celtics to play for tying 17th championship. Obviously, that would be the most prophetic. Uh, that's history in the making. Yeah, it would oh, be. Yeah. I still think Miami's going to get there, just to be honest, because they're playing so well right now, and they've got so much versatility. Like you were talking about earlier, CC805, about what the Lakers can do. They can go big or small. I really like what Miami brings to the table that maybe Boston might not have enough of, but we'll talk about that here in a sec. Jamie, let's go ahead and finish off the Lakers right now as far as the conversation because they're not going to be playing till at the earliest Wednesday. Here we go again with another long layoff, which has not been advantageous for the team for count it two rounds now. Is this going to be another detriment or are they going to find some way to go ahead and be more effective whenever they start, either Wednesday or Friday? Uh, I I mean I don't think it's been disadvantage if it, it game one it game ones it's been disastrous but after well, that's that, what I mean great. I mean they got to get uh, off to if they they, may, they can only go ahead and get off to bad starts so many times you really don't want to go ahead to a Clippers or let's say a Celtics or let's say a Miami you really don't want to go ahead down 0-1 because you gave a flat effort that that just is not a good way to start off each and every round. Agreed. No, obviously you would rather no. You'd, you'd everybody wants. I mean, to put if you lose foot. a close game, that's one thing. But give right. the effort, and we haven't seen it in the first two rounds in that first game. So, what can no, the Lakers the, do to try to go ahead and pin it off? I don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's a combination of things. I think it's bubble life is not conducive to to keeping yourself sharp. You know, you're in a strange place. You have all sorts of different habits. Top-notch athletes are legendary for having routines that keep them like in a groove and sort of focused on the task at hand. And I think that that's a riddle that the bubble has yet – nobody solved yet really in the bubble. I mean, the, the Lakers are one of the few teams that keeps advancing, uh, that closes out their series fairly quickly. Um, uh, you we know, keep getting those the, Iverson sweeps. We keep getting it. Exactly, exactly. And I'll, I'll take that, man. I'll take that. I mean, if, if the one thing – I mean, I think it's, you know, LeBron's, you know, 35, Rondo's getting up there. AD plays like, you know, we were talking, James Harden has an old man game. AD has an old man, big man game. You know, so there's times when I'm like, oh man, don't roll into his legs. He's he's he's, <laughs> he's so big. He, he just goes crashing to the floor and you worry about him because he has a tendency to pick up those little nagging injuries, those little knickknack scratches and stuff. Um, I think that you might have to, Go to some of the younger, hungrier guys earlier, maybe in game one to like get the energy up. But then you're running the risk of our younger, hungrier guys are all playoff rookies and don't have the savvy. Well, they're uh, not playoff rookies anymore. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? This, this is going to be – that's been their first quarterfinals, first semifinals. It'll be the first conference finals. And then should we make it first NBA finals? And like, you know, I, I – I've, I've, I've been completely and utterly pleased with Caruso and Kuzma's effort, uh, especially on defense, but generally they're poised in general, you know, Caruso's always been steady. He never really gets into it with the refs. Kuzma has a tendency to like, you know, get into the refs a little bit and, and, and lose focus a little bit. And I feel like he's really toned that down this year to his, 
to his betterment uh, across the board. And I, I think it speaks to his maturity. I think it speaks to the culture on the team, uh, both what the players who are there create, uh, guys like Rondo and LeBron who've been all the way, know what it takes. Danny Green, been all the way, know what it takes. Whether he's playing well or not, you know, there's knowledge that can be gleaned there. And they've done great. Um, I, I think that it's like, a, it, for more than anything, I, I think it's just the old man legs on our team. We got a lot of old man guys in the starting lineup. Like, you know, Danny Green's getting up there. Rondo's getting up there. LeBron's getting up there. You know, it, I, it's a lot to stay sharp for like four or five days. And I think that's part of the problem. Um, I think also when teams come out of a seven game series and they've won, they're, they're like, they're on cloud nine. They're like, they're riding a wave and all waves crash. And to the Lakers maybe have been lucky to like have that wave crash in game one and not suffer like a two game, three game hole or three to one hole or something like that. But I do think that even if we lose game one against the Clippers, uh, and I'm calling it now that if Zubats is starting, McGee is starting. Um, I think so too. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's just, it's going to be rough, especially if, especially if Denver pushes them to seven games, it, you know, the Clippers are just going to have that. They'll have been forged by that fire and they'll be riding that wave and it'll be up to the Lakers to, you know, adapt after it, should they lose game one, they have to, they have to adapt. I mean, I do think that the Lakers are, I, I, I don't like to use, the, I don't like to use gambling terms because there's not a lot of, you know, it's not like, but like there's a good gambler is willing to lose a hand to in, increase the odds that people will go in more on down the line so that they can win the overall, take the most money home. And I think that the Lakers have that kind of mentality in some, in some regards and that, you know, they've got a lot of smart guys and you, you, a, a loss against the Clippers is, or I'm sorry, a loss against the Lakers is going to give them a lot of game film to go over and see what they can take away and change. And in a way, maybe even a loss is better because it's a more learning, like, you know, they're going to come out hungrier. I'm not, I'm not advocating for us to, you know, lose game one as a as a strategy. It's a terrible strategy. I'd much rather okay. us win all the games. Because you've got Laker, you got Laker Tom, time. you got Laker Tom rolling right now. I no, I know he's gonna have. A, he's like, listen, my wife can only take so much. His yelling blood pressure I'm, machine could, is gonna start going up <laughs> again. His bionic heart is gonna tell him like, hey man, you gotta like kick it into second gear, hit hit the yerba mate and not the coffee. But you know, I'm just saying that it's not the worst thing. I don't see it as the. I don't see it as a bad. Thing. I, I mean, it's not a great thing, but I think they pro losses provide our team with with information and fire. And you could argue, and I, you wouldn't be wrong, that as professional athletes, they should show up with fire on game one, and they should show up ready to play, and they should show up ready to play and with fire. But, you know, reality has a funny way of interceding with what everybody wants. And uh, so that's, that's my take. I mean, I, I won't be surprised if Denver pushes – if that Denver Clippers series goes seven games, whoever comes out of it probably takes game one against the Lakers after a four or five day layoff for a variety of reasons, but mostly I think because of bubble life. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Laker Tom, uh, you're on mute or something like that. You're on mute, LT. Yeah, your volume is just is gone. Can you but, hear me now? I can yeah. hear you now. And Jamie Sweet couldn't earlier, so maybe that was good for him. First off, I totally disagree with everything that Jamie is saying there. <laughs> what a shock. Um, let me start by saying that the reason we lost game one to the Blazers and game one to the Rockets was because we started JaVale McGee. Um, and we did not have good starts to either one of those games. We were behind in the first corner. We were behind when McGee went to the bench. The single biggest thing is that we're not going to make that mistake against the Clippers because Frank is going to start the same lineup he did the last two games because he wants to get off to a good start 
the players aren't going to be lackadaisical because they know this is the Clippers. This is the NBA Finals by all intents and purposes when you play the Clippers, and you do not want to go down 1-0-1. One, one. Um, you, need, you need to play this kind of defense and this kind of offense that we played in the last two games if you want to beat the Clippers because their whole strategy is to clog the paint to prevent LeBron and AD from attacking, to do drop coverage, to go under the screens, and to have Zubak just sit in there. And the best way to beat them is to spread the ball out, to play five out, to play a fast defense, to make Zubak the liability and run him off of the court and get a big lead on the Clippers the same way as we did against the Rockets. Well, I'll tell you what right now, we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about that as a preview coming up when it finally becomes 100% official. So we don't want to go ahead and put, you know, the 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 barn in front of the horse or the horse in front of the barn or whatever the adage will be, you know, just, uh, I will tell you right, the cart in front of somewhere. Okay. Whatever it's in the parking lot right now. So we want to go ahead right now and say, you know what, we'll go ahead and I'm do gonna a major... blame Jamie if we lose the first game. Yes. Well, we're <laughs> going to go ahead go and ahead. do a major preview because we've got some days off here in our near future. Right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do a major preview once everything is finalized. I know CC805 had a great question, which I've been dying to talk more about. And this is, I think this is probably the best time of the of the show that Raphael and I like to talk about. And I think I'm going to call it the Twitter portion of the program because we're going to talk about as the game was finalized and just going through the motions in the last quarter and a half and the Lakers have built up as much as a 30-point lead. Tension started to get really, really, uh, uh, you know, just started to get really bad between some players and sure enough wouldn't know what a surprise it would happen between Rajon Rondo and also Russell Westbrook and cooler heads didn't prevail to the point where Rajon Rondo's brother who was also <laughs> I found out charged of the uh, I guess the the hair salon the that's there shot. yeah the barbershop yeah. that's there uh, it's just you know what it's just incredible to see that they were both so adamant to the point where Rajon Rondo's brother got kicked out of the game. So my friend, <laughs> I know Twitter, and I've been watching Twitter right now for, a, for the past hour and a half or so, talk about Rajon Rondo's brother at length because this has been a great source of amusement for them. But I want to hear your thoughts on this whole just frustrations, letting it happen, letting over overflow. You know, a guy that talks so much smack like Russell Westbrook and a guy that talks so much smack like Rajon Rondo, it was inevitable them to go ahead and face off against each other yeah i mean it sounds like what i read was his brother must have called a westbrook trash and you know there's no crowd there so you can definitely hear it yes, i mean i've been can. to like g league games where there's nobody there and the family of a player calls another player and you can hear it like it's it's so um i don't think it's it's much I don't think it's too big of a story. It's Twitter. Um, it's Twitter fodder, my friend. It's just Twitter fodder. Yeah, because the game was a the blowout. <laughs> I think the big was story like, is Rondo didn't throw a punch and get kicked out. You know, that was what I was worried about. But you know, Russ gets into these altercations, but verbal altercations. But he's never been one to like throw a punch or or fight. He's just you know, Rondo. Yeah, that's just not. Rondo's Rondo, been in Rondo East Wood, Rondo. though. That's the yeah, Wood and and the Morris, uh, Markeith Wood. But speaking of that, I kind of want to change the subject a little bit. Talking about altercations. Okay. You know the Morris twins. Their motto is "Family over everything." Right. Oops. That's their thing. You go on on IG. Their name is one of them is Full Star Thirteen. If there is an altercation in the series, <laughs> what happens oh, if Dwight man. hard fouls? Marcus. Marcus, yeah, or Marcus hard fouls somebody, right? Kawhi. What happens? <laughs> it's gonna be like LeBron James pulling Chris Paul off of Rondo a couple like that that first season. Remember, and everybody's like, right. "Why is LeBron James like hugging Chris Paul and not like going up, standing up for his teammate?" It's gonna be well, something. Right. Like you that. notice LeBron interjected and took over it's guarding, guarding uh, Westbrook in that game just in order to make sure that Rondo didn't. <laughs> do something stupid and get himself kicked out of uh, two or three games with a with a suspension. But now you got twin brothers who yeah. their relationship and how close they are has been well documented. I mean, I believe they share a bank account. 
And if I'm not mistaken, they live together. Share a bank account? Do you really think that's true? Yeah, they, that's yeah, true. they said that. Um, one no, they the, said that one of them took a bigger deal to the other one, so they could stay together, and it was all in one account when they were in Phoenix. And then I've even heard that one of the reasons they were they had never been separated before until the they went to, to ratio now though. <laughs> what's that? The, the ratio of their salaries is twenty to two now. Right. Yeah. But I think um, they had never been separated before until they got to the NBA. And Mark might throw the first punch in to protect his brother then. Yeah, right. And one of them, the one that was in Houston, he was struggling in Houston. And, you know, he, they put him down, they sent him down to the G League. And they were like, he's struggling adjusting to, you know, without being together. And my mom is a twin. So I, 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 I get it a little bit because I, I know like the closeness. And so once they got to Phoenix, they started playing well, and then they were like, well, in Phoenix, they needed to separate them because they were too close. So now they both end up in L.A., which to me was, I mean, I think once Marcus went, Marquise probably asked for a buyout so he could go there. And then I read they live together they in L.A. So what happens? There's going, it's the Western Conference Finals. There's going to be some type of altercation involving Marcus. What does Marquis Marquis. do? That's why why McGee's starting, baby. No. (laughs) What? What? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. And I think um, my prediction is Dwight and Marcus, and I know Laker Tom probably doesn't want to see Dwight's feet touch the floor in the series, but Dwight and Marcus will get into some tangle up. Words will be exchanged. And I wonder what happens. That's a that it, 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 that will be maybe the biggest question <laughs> of the series. Like, That's a good question, Raphael. Marcus one. and Rondo. I could see. I think about it. Marcus and Rondo. Chances of altercation high. Marcus and yeah. Dwight. Chances of altercation high. Markeith and Pat Beverly. High. Oh, very high. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Rondo and Beverly. Very high. Rondo, Rondo and Beverly. Oh, Beverly. Yeah, really. That's what yeah, you got. So, there, there you go, Laker Tom or Jamie. There's a great article for you. Just do odds. What are the odds? Send it out to LakerHollis.com. What are the odds of these combinations of, of possible yeah. fights? Between- we'll do a poll. We'll, we'll do a basketball poll. matchups. We could have the uh, fight matchups for the yes. uh, fight club. Yep. And I think Marquise. No, fight club. you don't mention fight club. <laughs> That's right. Go ahead, I think Robin. Marcus is close to a suspension, but it's technical. Yeah. He's got three points yep. or he's got four? Mm. I think uh, it's, it's heaven. I think he's got four. Uh, isn't get... it six? No, it's seven. To get... it, well, no, you, you, I'm sorry. You have up. You, you have six freebies, and then on the seventh, you get booted, right? Yeah. You're just, you, you're, you, you, you miss a game. But then, you yeah. know Rondo knows this. You know oh, Rondo yeah. knows, like, okay. But then the is... league is going to give every allowance on that it could seven. could be playoff Rondo's big move. But doesn't it get yeah. reset for the finals or no? No, no it just gets reset it, for the playoffs. It's just no, getting reset. I'm sure. It's, it's Draymond re- Green wishes it got reset for the finals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but you know, on that seventh, you know, on that seventh one, it has to be something truly legitimate, where like going way overboard because the league will be quick yeah, like to Mark, rescind like that like the day twice. after. <laughs> He's watching right. on a guy Dray- who's injured. Or, or or Draymond kneeing people in the nuts like yeah. that that was wasn't yeah. that the one that got him booted finally yes. like it was like dude what are you doing but I'm yeah just, and I think I, he got a tech for calling LeBron the uh, the B word I think he got a tech for that and that counted right. so right yeah I, like <laughs> CC eight oh five you're right don't count out Denver yet they did the same thing in a previous no. series we'll see tomorrow it's going to be an early game. Uh, guys, yep. before we head on out, I just want to go ahead and make a scheduling note. I'm going to come on tomorrow at 12:30 Pacific-ish when that game's over. Just want to let everybody know the wrap-up will be there. Raphael or anybody else who wants what to go. What time ahead, is that game? 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. So it's one o'clock Eastern. Not in the NFL or what? That is Jeez, correct. Yeah. yeah, right. You just you said it right there, my friend. Jeez. Yeah, that's exactly why. So if that's the case, uh, I will be coming on early in the afternoon, so you want to be out on the lookout for that. Uh, Raphael, if you want to join me. If not, I understand. No worries. I know it's kind of a funky time, but just want to give everybody a heads up on that if they're watching the Clippers game. Yeah, it could go to seven games. We'll wait and see, but uh, it's going to be very interesting and, and seeing what happens for tomorrow's games. But before we head on out, guys, because we've almost hit an hour, 
Jamie Sweet, I'll start with you. What are five good things coming up from you as far as your article at Lakerholics.com? Well, I'm not going to say everything that I'm going to put in the article, but uh, it's definitely going to be a combination of, you know, celebrating today's win, uh, but also a little bit of looking forward to uh, the next, the, the rest of the playoffs and beyond. Um, I think, Definitely you know, I, half, we're halfway there. You know, we've got, we're halfway to 16. Uh, I'll never forget uh, reading that. The first time I ever read about Phil writing 16 on the, on the board before the playoffs started and being like, that's, that's the only number that matters, man. Like we, we, we get 16 W's. I don't care the, the process by which we get there is, you know, what's that's, that's what we got to do. So, uh, and also, you know, I, I shout out to the, to, to the Rockets. I know that they're, they're, uh, their uh, lollipop uh, guild didn't didn't co- come through for them, uh, and I do think they need some kind of center. Uh, and I think that they're going to be back and better uh, next season. Uh, James Harden is a transcendental scorer, uh, and you know I, I always I always feel bad when great players get knocked out of the playoffs because you like to see the best players. Um, and so, just you know, hats off to the Rockets. They they did their best and. Uh, yeah, but the other thing is going to be uh, I I've, I want to just real quick I really appreciate you both you Gerald and Raphael for all the stuff you you put up on the site. Um, I, I love listening to the wrap ups. I love listening to uh, I, I love the mock drafts. I think it's all a lot of fun and you know just sometimes there's just a lot of downtime here in the during the apocalypse. So uh, it's nice to have some something <laughs> something to listen to and check out and and have some you know have some debates about. So. I just want to say a uh, shout out to you guys and thanks for all the stuff you do on the site. Thank you very much you. for that. Appreciate it. Lake, Laker Tom, as the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com, you go ahead and keep these guys in check like Jamie Sweet and Sean Grice. Okay, you don't actually, but... <laughs> Uh, well, obviously, when They're I see the uncontrollable. Well, I don't even need to sometimes... Right. I don't even need to check out my Lakerholics.com. I just go to my email... And I see like rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of comments. So then I go to Lakerholics.com and see what you guys have been up to. But speaking of Lakerholics.com, I know you're working on like 15,386,000 articles for Lakerholics.com. Just tell us, give us a hint on what some of those articles are going to be. Well, you know, the nice thing about having a little bit of time off is that you can think about things beyond the playoffs, like the off season. What's going to happen? I mean, I know Raphael's always focused on the draft, so and you're focused you know, on Chris Paul and, coming to the Lakers. And, well, I do, <laughs> have a, I do have a Chris Paul article completely done, ready, <laughs> waiting for a gap in the play so that I can publish it. Um, Laker Tom has so many bullets I in the know. chamber. Oh my god, it's like it's like a, it's like I don't know, it's like a Gatling gun. Just like, <laughs> and I, I've also I've also got a why we don't want to go after Giannis article that's in about half done. So if Giannis uh, comes knocking on our door, so so I so actually um, it's kind of interesting because I also write a lot of articles for Medium and and I and basically I usually do my writing in Medium just because I like the format it's a little easier for me than than uh using the gutenberg editor in wordpress um and then i basically copy it over and copy and paste it over and it works out very well but uh i now use twitter primarily to push the articles in uh lakerholics and uh i've been been working on this program of of uh scheduling tweets you know so that i can refresh the art attention to the articles uh every couple hours you know um so i'm working on on several things like that and and actually the structure of my articles if anybody's ever noticed is is really a whole series of tweets uh, in a sense they're 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 paragraphically designed to be publicized as tweets too um so I, i the nice thing i think is that we've got off till wednesday so that means that that you got Sunday, Monday, and and I would hope maybe that Tuesday night would be when we would have a preview, uh, a preview podcast. Well, with if it doesn't go that, seven games, yeah. Well, even if it doesn't go seven games, it's going to start on Wednesday. No, if it goes seven games, it starts on Friday. Oh, does it? Okay, yeah. It's probably not going to go seven games. <laughs> going seven. We'll wait. I'm calling see. Clippers in seven. We'll wait and see, Clippers my friend. In seven. But you got a lot of yeah. things going down. Why do you always go seven, Jamie? 
I was I, no, I went it's six. Not a win Lakers. loss situation. I went, I went, I went, I went Portland. Like, I went Lakers against Portland in six. I had like Lakers. Right, you know, you don't have to. It's you know. I think Denver's that good. I think that Jokic and Jamal, uh, uh, you know, I think they've got enough guys around them that are hungry and talented. You know, there's a lot of under-talented guys. They're not going to hit six straight threes to start the fourth quarter as much as I'd like them to. Ah, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's some things that the Clippers don't. The Clippers have an incredible habit of deciding that the game is over about two-thirds mm-hmm. of the way through the game, three-quarters. of their, They they hit cruise control and it's like they're it's overconfident like, i think that's the only reason they just they blow it from overconfidence and you haven't I mean, even like gotten that that'll, that'll that'll go out the back door when they play the lakers and you haven't oh, gotten an efficient game from jamal murray you haven't know. gotten a truly jamal murray type game like you saw in the last <laughs> well, round george is not going to let him have a truly jamal murray game well, that's, let, that's a good point well, we'll no, wait paul george is elite so we'll wait and see on that but it is laker tom and jamie's tweet Great part of Laker. What I was going to say, Gerald, just specifically for you, I'll probably have two or three trade articles coming out in the next two or three days. Boy, I just can't wait. It's Lakerholics.com. Poor Kuzma. Poor Kuzma. You know his name. Always. 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 Kuzma and Danny Green Green might as well live on a spaceship. We're launching a summer, man. Not involved Kuzma. Oh, wow. Amazing. But it's true. It's not going to happen then. Somebody else can go with Kuzma. Well, goodbye, goodbye, happen. Danny Green. Goodbye, Danny Green. You can see Danny Green Always. going everywhere in the Oladipo. NBA. Oh, Danny's probably going. You love yeah. Oladipo, too. That's right. I forgot. you got Danny that's Green it. going everywhere. And to see where Danny Green might be headed up next, check out all of Laker Tom's articles. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do a poll on where Danny Green's going to end up. I could going to add that to Laker Holly. Oh, my God. That's I, I still – I, I, You know, like the polls that they have – is where's this guy? You know, you remember these child stars oh, where they are now? Right. I'm gonna have one. Is where they're gonna be? Oh well, I like the I like the fights one better. Uh, the ones with the fights, the perspective fight fights. Yes, yeah, that one's that, better. Oh, I think as far as a poll, you could do two polls. Who cares? You got lots of yeah. polls right there already at LakerHollies.com and check out all it's the true. different places that you know. Laker Tom has Danny Green going today at <laughs> LakerHollies.com. Do you want that in a video series? <laughs> yes. Yeah, actually, you know, I was going to make an itinerary for Danny. I wish we could get Danny to like to like. I wish we could get some B-roll of like Danny like waiting at a train depot. Oh, let me ask the bus stop. Danny waiting for a taxi to take him to wherever he's going. Danny in Indiana. Let me ask something. Is there anybody good out there with Photoshop? Let us know. Bakerholics.com. I've been trying to I've been trying to recruit somebody who's good with Photoshop. They need it for it. you. I, it's so painstaking. I hate. I hate to do it. It's just so much work, man. It's a lot of work. But I need t- to know all the hotkeys, baby. There you go. But I'll tell you what. There's so much to well, talk you, about. Jimmy, do you, do you know Photoshop? Nah, I, I don't know it. Nah. I'm not, and I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to answer that question because I'm not going to. I'm, 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 I'm an audiovisual man. I'm, uh, I'm all AV. I've got. I've got too much on my plate already. But Rafael Barlow yeah, is also exactly. here as well, my friend. And before we head on out. And before we stop talking about all the places Laker Tom has Danny Green going on LakerHolics.com, Raphael's got a tremendous site where Danny Green is not on right now, and that is <laughs> NBA Draft Junkies. And not only NBADraftJunkies.com, who run the Floor podcast, the NBA Draft Junkies podcast, but also his tremendous YouTube page, 12,000-plus subscribers. It is NBA Draft Junkies. And my friend, what you got cooking up there at your awesome experience, the NBA Draft Junkies? Uh, <laughs> I know I say every night, same every day. <laughs> every day is the same, adding uh, different profiles. And so I had mentioned before that I've opened up the floor for uh, um, subscribers to come on and, and discuss their draft boards or their mock drafts. And so that's been pretty fun having different guys on it and give their opinions. So I have maybe three or four set up for the next few days. Then I'll put those up and then I'm still trying to figure out what's the next player that I'll, that I'll profile. I mean, I got like two months now until the draft. So I'll have to uh, just find creative ways just to, to keep the content flowing. And, um, but you know, I'm at a point right now where the, the site is getting a lot of traffic. And um, so people are interested in, you know, the draft talk at, at at this time. It's kind of like an extended draft season. I just want to take advantage of that. And you're doing a tremendous job, and I want to give you the highest of compliments. And please, if you can, 
check out all the great work he's doing, including some of his guests that are got some nice. Uh, they've all, you know, what it sounds like they're channeling their inner Laker Tom with the kind of uh, draft uh, choices that they're making in their mock drafts. But you can check them out today <laughs> at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. Also, want to give a big thank you to CC805 Content Creators 805. You had some great comments again. Still waiting for you to come on board, my friend. So come on board. You're always welcome. The invitation and red carpet's out there for you. So you're welcome to come on at any point in time. Plus, also, if you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Also dropped something on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. So you want to go ahead and check that out. Our latest show covers what we think are going to happen or, or some of the things that we would like to see happen with Black Panther and the, what's going on due to the tragic death of Chadwick Boseman. We'd like to see as far as what Marvel will do with the Black Panther character. So we talk about that and a whole bunch more as we catch you up on the latest news and information of pop culture on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, available on podcast outlets everywhere. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, if you're still looking to get into a league this weekend before week one, go ahead and check out our latest podcast with Chris Ardieri today at Inside Sports Fantasy Football. And again, everything right here that we're doing each and every day at the NBA playoffs right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Want to give a final shout out again to all the tens of thousands of great people that are part of the Lakers Facebook groups, all the tens of thousands of people that are part of the the awesome NBA and basketball Facebook groups, which I will go ahead and share this to today. So if you get a chance, please give us some same love. Give us some of that same love as well at the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate it. And want to go ahead and any last thoughts on the way out, guys? Go ahead, Laker Tom. You you know. Clippers and six. Jamie? I wasn't sure what he said. Did you say Clippers and six? Yeah, Lakers and six. <laughs> Lakers and six. Against, against whoever. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just glad to be back in the Western Conference Finals. You know, it's been way too long, and so I'm just going to enjoy this. Um, I'll look Kobe. forward to that. Uh, I'll, Win it, win it for Kobe. Win it, you know. Win it to put to tie it with Boston, man. Like let's 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 make that a thing. Uh, you know, is that, I, it's just nice to be back. It's been a long road. You know, we it, went through our own process, and here we are. Ten years later, yes, it's been a nice process. But Laker Tom, is that what's going to say in your tombstone when you finally go ahead <laughs> into the? It's going to say Lakers and six. Here lies no, Laker Tom. Say- Lakers and six. At my age, gonna... I just want another championship before I go, Gerald. Oh, you're going to probably see probably <laughs> 10 more. How about that? Because you, you're going to be around for a long time. You're too stubborn to die on us, man. You're too, stu- That's you're right. too darn it's, stubborn. It's going to say ESPN trade machine is what it's going to say. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> you you pick right there. Or where will Danny <laughs> Green go next? Maybe a trade machine of our own on the site. That would be oh, interesting. God. That would be interesting. Oh, God. But that's going to be a, <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. feel, I feel sorry for your IT guy, Nihilus. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> Raphael, it's just been great having you on the show. Jamie Sweet, Laker Tom as well. Again, if you have any questions for us, at Laker Tom, at Barlow 500, at NBA Draft Junkies, Jamie Sweet on the site, Lakerholics.com, at Lakers Fast Break, CC805, sending out some love, man. All the best to you and all the best to everyone out there watching and listening. Please register to vote. Please, let's fight this this racial injustice that's going on. Please, we want to go ahead and end systemic racism as a whole. Please just go ahead and build a better world for our children, for everyone out there. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll be back tomorrow right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.